0: Today's episode of the Meet the Brave podcast is powered by Northwest Pizza and Pasta, where if you think the pizza is good, try hands down the best wings in the Valley. Nobody, and I mean nobody, does wings like NWP. Order now, online for takeout, delivery, and you can finally pull up and dine in restaurant. Uh, winter is approaching, but their lovely indoor-outdoor setup, pull up on Northwest Pizza and enjoy games, family atmosphere, and some of the best food the Rogue Valley has to offer. Today's episode of the Meet the Brave podcast is powered by Uplifters. That's Uplifters with No Vows, a strategy company focused on the economic advancement and wellness of black and brown communities all around the world, starting right here at home in the Bay Area. Tap in with founder Janelle Sion and all his original content in the brand new hit series winning formula, executive produced by our very own Alexius Franklin. For all things Uplifters, follow on IG or visit uplifters.com. Today's episode of the Meet the Break podcast is powered by the Reef Studios, a multimedia facility located right here in the heart of downtown Oakland, specialized in multi-tracking instruments, musicians, vocalists, podcasts, audiobooks, you name it, it can be done right here at the Reef Studios. Tap in now, follow the Reef Studios on IG and DM for all inquiries. as spots are filling especially because hit albums like Nothing Lasts Forever, some of Grand Nationals twice on Sunday with some of your favorite artists coming to the reef and some of your favorite podcasts being recorded there like this very, very hit show, Meet the Bray. Today's episode of the Meet the Bray podcast is powered by Let's Bubble Productions, a multimedia digital storytelling company founded by none other than our very own Alexius Franklin of the Meet the Bray podcast. Lex and company got their feet in the game doing music videos, but the goal was always to scale and do long-form, short-form storytelling from film to hit series to documentaries around the world. And a very, very special shout out to Lex as he and crew are returning from a trip to Ghana to film a very special documentary that you all will learn about very soon. For all of your digital storytelling needs, visit Let'sBubbleProductions.com today. Yo, I'm Monty, Armani, Monty Draper. Depending on what phase of life you met me in and what time of day, it, it, you can get either one. Um, but welcome to the Stream of Consciousness episodes. We seem to love those. I know I love them. I get to listen to them as you do oftentimes as a fan and get to really appreciate how L thinks and works through things, how B works through things, how Lex works through things. And they're three of the most brilliant minds ever. Um, so to my co-host and, and, and dear friends and family, I, I love you guys. Thank you for being just such brilliant Um representations of fucking excellence man and not that's not a a success thing because i think all three of them i know i know for a fact all three of them would be like y'all i ain't where i want to be but that's not what i'm talking about i'm just uh, getting to getting to be courtside and watch y'all relentlessly pursue y'all your dreams and achieve them i'm so fucking honored man and i love all three of you lex my nick africa what <laughs> to make a film what <laughs> Oh man, I'm so glad we get to talk about it. And I know we'll get to be in studio here soon. To our listenership, thank you guys for just making it worth fucking wow. Morg, Lodge, Bird, uh, Miss Mary, uh, Jojo, Keys, (laughs) man, like uh, Kaja. Like, it's a, it's, 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 I think, I really, really truly like if, if y'all don't know what you mean to to me, I don't I wanna speak for the rest of the crew, but to me in particular, someone wants to do a show in this magnitude, this forum, this setting, this intentional about building community. God bless y'all. Thank y'all, and then the rest of our listenership for just growing the way that you are and, and being infectious and putting other people on, man. Keep it lit. Thank you. Fuck it. Let's take the gloves off. Today. Let's if, if we're gonna do a stream of consciousness, I don't like the pop culture shit. I really wanna talk about Travis, I really wanna talk about Bamani Jones, I really wanna talk about Kanye. I it's so much I wanna get into pop culture wise. What a time. What a time, what a time. Uh stream of consciousness episodes are unique in that regard, is like the the lights on, right? you can have these general general conversations are really really beautiful and sometimes you just gotta get to the shit just get to the shit and getting to the shit looks like talking about oneself exploring one's internal feelings and salute to my co-hosts and love to the listeners and thank you um but i am encouraged to explore value um in this dialogue in this conversation And maybe not explore it from a general or a hypothetical conversation, maybe explore it from myself. And one thing that isn't one thing that I can't seem to shake that seems to be right on my heels, no matter what facet of life I move into, is this one to one epic fucking duel with value. And... It's not. It, it's weird because if it was a lack of confidence thing, I think it would almost be easier to deal with if it was a, if it truly, if it truly had to do with like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to perform in this arena today. I'd probably be able to make some sense of that, but it's never that. Hey, this is the stage. This is what's needed of you. Show up and boom, it's always easy. Doing the work is always easy. It's the next fucking step when you do the work and it's time to collect that. I got a fucking block on dog. And now it's physically making me ill because it doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm able to. Not only negotiate, but facilitate on behalf of other individuals for their bag. I'm really good at that, actually. <laughs> I'm really fucking great at that. Um, even for myself, I can get in the door, get on the stage, get in front of everybody, get in the room, talk, present. Boom, 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 boom. It's time to talk money. And it all goes to shit. Oh, man. Mm. Just something to think about, something to live with and, and put in the universe. I told Lex I was like the the want the the, the focus and the dedication to get so well seasoned and, and, and figure out uh production and cre- and creation it was an obsession. And while there's you know, I want to pick up Other instruments and study theory Like that so I'm not done There's still a long long Path ahead for that but I wanted to I wanted to create a similar I wanted to create a similar I want to create a similar arena for For monetization too I want to put it out in the open Uh, I, I like I think of it as Watching those yay tweets About being in debt And what being open and and, uh, fearless about that information did is attract partners and opportunities. And I like to think of it that way, dog. Like, well, who who better to tell than the people who listen to the show? It's like what the intentions are to grow this platform. L, L can write his books. Lex, Lex can write as many movies and hit shows as he wants. B can get her brilliant concept off the ground. I'll let her tell you when she's ready. Um, and as and as can I? I can I can continue to build, continue to create, and and build a family, provide, and and do all of those things in the name of. Creativity. What I'm able to mold with my mind and my hands every fucking day. Uh, really, I'm extremely proud of the work. There's a, there's one, there's one more step to figure it out now, and, and I'm doing my damnedest to be a little bit more transparent and share that be open but it feels weird it feels like a weird thing to say it feels like a weird thing to have a conversation about and be open about but god damn man can can we can we hit the road can we get back on the road can we get back to the to can we get back to the work not back to the way the world was but can we get back to the work man there's got to be a way and I'm grateful for every opportunity that continues to present itself in the name of God knows that I am uh, the creative community in the Bay. Say what you want, (laughs) you know, L.A., Atlanta, Chicago, you you guys go wherever you need to. But but here, man, there's some brilliant people figuring out some things and putting some people on. And uh, I hope that that trend continues. I hope that that continues to grow. I hope that they continue and uh, I hope that the community and the city of Oakland continues to have an emphasis on um, creating spaces where artists can earn um, and then then also reinvest into our community. We had a really, we had a really, really scary incident take place right outside the studio, um, which is in the same like two block radius of Oakland School of Arts, um, OSA, and uh, you know everybody. Everybody is familiar with the Bippin situation, the, the, the breaking, the breaking into cars, the, the carjacking, like all the shit that's taking place here, just because of the economic disparity. Um, there was an actual shootout in front of the school, and just the, by the grace of God, school it let out uh, maybe not even thirty minutes prior to the shooting taking place. And that that in that in itself is is enough of a motivating force for me personally um, to keep at it in this really, really strange way and wanting to create a world in which, Not a not naive to think not naive enough to think that we can create this world where it's like, oh, say nobody can be harmed. It's not what I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. But a lot of the senseless, a lot of the senseless crime that is done, uh, done unto people that look like yourselves. is just it's it's really, really hard to stomach. Um When poor folks are left to feed and feast upon other poor folks. Um, Neglected folks are left to feast and feed upon other neglected folks. And it's hard not to connect said dots. And it's even harder not to connect said dots to the economic disparity and unlocking the resources And getting to a motherfucking bag, man Shit is stupid And it's a lot of scared niggas In the way of the money It's a lot of scared niggas That ain't got to a bag That have no desire to Put nobody on it Have no desire To feed nobody else That have no desire Of fixing shit That's like Bet I got mine, nigga I'm tucked It's a lot of scared niggas That's on, but There are a few things that I am proudest of. One of them. Women. Niggas. Is, it's it's a lot that can be said about me. But it's one, one thing that they'll never say. Is that Armani was a hater. It'll never be said. <laughs> and another thing that'll never be said. Is that he played scared. It'll never be said. And so. Salute to those who. Are celebrating these, this, this this run and, and are proud of me, and they're like, Yo, how you feel? Man, I didn't learn a lot. And what I've learned and what has been uncovered is like, it's a lot of scared niggas that got opportunities and they played that way. Scarcity. Get the fuck out of the way. It can't, no scared niggas can be anointed because the opportunity dies with them. That's what my discovery is, been. A lot of scared motherfuckers got got a shot and they didn't get the memo that, hey, you got to pay it forward. And so what dies naturally? Anything and everything around that that was supposed to thrive and grow and and feed upon said opportunity being replicated and handed to the next person and that person putting another 10 people on and that person putting another 20 people on it's supposed to go that way it's just a ser- being of service and being used and and so i shout out to freak freak tweeted wanna one wanna one freak tweeted some bars of something that shit probably ain't gonna come out i don't know but it made me go God damn, like I'm I'm really glad that God chose to use me and I'm built for it. I'm really really glad that God chose to use me and I'm even prouder to say that I'm built for this. So this isn't a um I hope you don't hear fear when you hear this. I hope you don't hear uncertainty. This is this is actually quite the opposite. It's clarity. And me declaring victory over this, this small hurdle and figuring it out and solving this puzzle and getting to the bag to unlock all the resources so that we can finally say it wasn't a scare motherfucker that got this shot. Because it's a lot. It's hey, <laughs> I see the list, man. I see the li- I'm competitive like the next person Which is so fucking weird That people do that Oh my So nice Yes of course man I want to see everybody shining, I want to see everybody You want to see everybody taken care of But I'll take your head off Man stop playing with me It's weird It's a weird thing to do I see the list But all them niggas That y'all are anointing, are, are anointing Careful Just be careful Make sure that their spirits are at peace. Make sure that they're taken care of. Make sure that they don't have no underlying shit going on because you keep anointing these same sick fucks and all of the access keeps getting cut off with the niggas you anoint. Have we not learned anything yet? Let's not attack on anyone individually. It's just to, hey, be mindful. A lot of these niggas aren't well. You can create a whole reality online and people are taking advantage of that. My nigga, run it up. But you got to be outside. And guess what can happen outside? <laughs> you can be checked. You can be challenged. You can be sized up. And a lot of these niggas ain't who they say they are. And that's the eight. Hey, and even that is okay. But we got to start seeing a correlation in between who we anoint what we get behind, what we champion and how we're disregarded. Once those people get their access again, it's not even, it's not to say any names, but it, it ha- it's, re- it's redundant from our politics to our city officials, to our entertainers, to our educators, to our, our so-called activists. Oh man, let's do some, let's just start, let's start looking into some backgrounds and doing some research. And take a look at who's in said rooms, who's advocating on behalf of the communities, who's getting to see what the budgets are, who's getting access to said budgets, and what they're doing to them. I got, <laughs> I, I just, I've, I've, I'm seeing, I'm seeing way too much, y'all. I'm sorry, and I hope it's, I hope it's not mad vague, but I'm, I'm dedicated and committed. figuring this out and it starts here see y'all next week
1: hey y'all this is b with our stream of consciousness episode this week um i got i got a couple of quick things that have been fumbling around on my mind um the first one being do y'all use voice memos um and not voice notes in text messaging not those (laughs) shout out to Bewalk, um but voice memos um that are like that you can store in your phone um i was thinking about that the other day because i was using it because i didn't have the opportunity to journal because my journal wasn't with me um and so i had used it kind of as a form of like journaling in a way or i guess a, a release like audio journaling if we want to call it that um just to kind of like get ideas and thoughts out around a situation that i was like a little triggered by um and to be able to like process it kind of like you would with journaling and then also be able to like go back and listen and run through and kind of be like all right like what what shit is true what's what shit is like the narratives that i'm coming up with in my mind like kind of figuring all that out so um i would suggest (laughs) if y'all are journalers or y'all would like to journal but feel like you don't be having the time or the motivation or whatever um use some voice memos because they have been really helpful with 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 my brain um the second thing that I had on my list was um i had a note for myself that says i don't know that people realize being passive aggressive is actually a lose-lose situation um and this is actually weirdly connected to the voice notes because (laughs) i was in a situation with my mom this week where um i got kind of triggered and i was like i need to get this out (laughs) so i did a voice memo but it led me uh to to write that which is about passive aggressiveness being a bit of a lose-lose situation and there was actually two things that the situation brought out brought out to me and made me think of and so one of them was that um I had gotten basically my mom is someone who is I love her to death shout out to you mom I'm sure you don't listen to this and that's good (laughs) um is that she is typically someone who expresses herself in a passive-aggressive nature so when she gets angered or triggered or hurt in any way um she'll do she'll she'll respond in a way that's kind of passive-aggressive um and so what happened is that i know that she is this way and so we had i made a choice to not be at an event um that was like her her thing and it would have required me to have to go fly back home to do so and it was going to require me to have to fly back home in a time where I had been like traveling a lot um and it was just going to add like an extra extra layer I had like and when I say traveling a lot I've been traveling like a lot a lot um and it was going to add this extra layer and so weeks before it was happening I had had a conversation with her and was like, you know, hey mom, like, (laughs) I know you be kind of passive aggressive. So if this is something you're like really, really pressed at me being at, like just tell me and I will try my best to figure out a way to make it all work. But if you really not tripping, just like say that. (laughs) But like, tell me. Um, And she was like, no, it's cool. (laughs) And then of course, as we all know how this story must go, um, the event happens and um for the next like week or so i have been traveling like crazy so we didn't really get to i had called her on the day of and all the things but um we hadn't really gotten to talk talk we had been texting and i could tell by her text messages that she kind of had an attitude <laughs> about it but wasn't really saying it so i was like damn it and so when we finally talked um i remember getting off the phone with her, just being super frustrated, being like, damn, like (laughs) you still going to react this way? But like we talked, you know, um, but I had to realize like a couple of things. Number one was, um, I was kind of proud of myself that when it came time for her and I to speak, I asked her like, Hey, can we talk tomorrow? Because, I just knew that like i was not going to be able to emotionally regulate in that moment um and like take care of my like i was just hella tired so i was like i know if we talk like this gonna be bad (laughs) Like, so one i was proud of that so y'all should you know (laughs) make sure y'all try that (laughs) um but it was that one of the other things i was realizing was i was expecting her To be somebody different and i'm I'm i've been trying to really work on um, allowing people to be who they are and me figuring out how to navigate my life around that and i was i was saying to someone you know what's difficult is that typically when that happens where i go like i'm allowing somebody to be who they are and i'll just like figure out how to navigate around um, typically i have a lot of control over how much i do or don't interact with them so if they are acting in a way that's kind of like off-putting to me, I'll be like, "That's cool. Like that's going to be a, a tier three friend that I, you know, only kick you with ever so often." But it was obviously a very different situation because it's my mother, um, and so it was really working out the idea of how do I allow somebody to be who they are and still like operate around them, knowing that this is just how that's going to be. Um, And so I remember throughout the whole thing, I was so frustrated because I was like, but I've communicated and I asked and I did all these things. And I remember being really irritated, but then going to myself, I didn't just allow this person to be themselves. What I did was I understood how this person was. And I tried to do all of this front loading of different things to get a different reaction out of them rather than just accepting, Brittany, you made a decision and you know this decision is going to elicit this reaction out of that person. And you should just, like, you're going to have to accept that that's just the reaction that you're going to get. And sometimes situations are just difficult and there is no real win. Um, And to just try your best to like make sure that you, I guess do what you need to do to like nurture the relationship when the when the time comes. Um, but I was recognizing that like I was trying to change her reaction, <laughs> and then I, and then when I didn't, <laughs> I'm like sitting there mad, having this whole narrative for myself in my head of just like why well, did this or I did that, and like telling myself this entire fucking story about all the things that I did right when in reality. I walked into a situation trying to almost in a way, if you really think about it, manipulate a reaction that I didn't want to have based on a decision that I was making. Um, and I just had to sit with that accountability <laughs> just be like, sometimes you just have to make a decision. People just going to react and you know that they're not going to react in a way that you like. And that's just is what it is. Um, <laughs> and so that was the one thing I had like, had to sit with and take accountability with. But the other part of that is I was just, I was really working out the fact that I don't think my mom recognizes that being passive aggressive is a, is a lose lose situation for everybody. And I thought about it in this way of like, if I'm in a room and somebody's on the other side of the room and they are the vase next to them. And I want them to put the vase on the shelf to get that vase where I want it to be. What I have to do is I have to transfer information from myself to the person on the other side of the room. And I have to say, hey, can you take that vase and put it on the shelf? So I have to transfer the information to them. They have to process it and then they have to put it in action. And I have to think about what is the probability that they're going to put that vase exactly where I want it to go. And the more direct information that I give them is the better chance and the better probability that I'm actually gonna get my desired outcome. So if I'm like, hey, pick up that vase, put it on the shelf, three inches from the right, make sure it's turned forward and two feet away from that other book. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to be as direct as possible to actually get my desired outcome. And I don't think that people sometimes realize, let me not say, well, it is whatever. Sometimes I don't think we realize that when we're being passive aggressive, we're decreasing the probability of our desired outcome. Because that first thing is that initial transfer of information from me to the other person, and then they have to process it. But instead of me being able to directly transfer that information, you've, instead of like throwing the information to the person with my right hand, which is my dominant hand, it's kind of like using my left hand and like hoping that shit lands <laughs> and hoping they can process it and hoping that it's going to go. Like there's so much more extra space of ambiguity rather than just being direct. Um, and on top of that, typically when we're being passive-aggressive we're offending the person that we're being passive-aggressive to. so i was just sitting there kind of like not only did i leave this situation frustrated and offended like nothing got accomplished <laughs> because it was just it it just doesn't serve people um so i was just really sitting and processing all that but also let me also be fair this was just like a <laughs> It may sound like a big deal. At the end of the day, I'm over it now. It's not a big deal. And I love my mom, but she's the best. Um, Because I'm also always trying to have empathy for the fact of like, my mom is a really freaking amazing, dope mom who really loves her kids. And I know I've heard so many parents talk about the fact that having a kid is almost like having, you know, your heart live outside of your body. And I know that me like being away and all of those things is like really really difficult <laughs> and it's like your heart being out of your body in a whole other state and you don't got no like you don't know what's going on <laughs> so I get that like for parents and for moms specifically too who like form you and birth you like <laughs> that that's really difficult so I'm always trying to have empathy for it but that's that's what I was thinking so um and my last thing before i hop on out of here was um (laughs) i was thinking about if you're talking to someone new and you notice the first red flag do you make note and kind of keep going and see if they hit a second one or do you mention it to them and kind of like try to talk it through or do you just dip out (laughs) which which one of those three do you go about doing um and I was thinking about that. I would love to ask the guys. So guys, I'm interested with y'all, what y'all got. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about that because as y'all can tell, I'd be over processing in my brain. But um, I was thinking to myself, like, I've spent a lot of time. Okay, so let me phrase that. I, I'm in a place where I think when you take time to like really work on yourself and then you start re-emerging yourself into like being in relation with other people, you, you kind of get to, in a way, almost test all the work that you've been doing. <laughs> um, and it was a moment where I was kind of seeing like, are you, <laughs> did you really do the work? Or are you just entering the same shit just in a different container? <laughs> um, and I was kind of being a little hard on myself at first because I was like, damn Britt, like <laughs> you are doing all the work, you're doing all the things. And why does this shit seem weird and all the shit? But I was, I did also have to take a step back and go, like maybe the, maybe it's not that you don't enter, the same lesson or the same situation maybe it's that you may be drawn to it but you're better at seeing it seeing the flags from farther away and choosing to set the appropriate boundaries immediately um and maybe that that's the win as opposed to being like why am I here again <laughs> um, but I was wondering or do you just kind of like you know roll through it and see what's up (laughs) that's that's my toxic side um but yeah i I would be very interested to see to see what y'all do because i know i know the internet's been talking about these red flags like crazy but i was just curious about that so yeah
2: and i am lg uh this week uh the The topic that has constantly come up has been centered around transition. Uh, And transition has multiple facets to it, of course, uh, because you have different stages of where you are um, in a transition. Transition will therefore uh, let you know how you will react to transition. Um, But with me, um, I realized Uh, Once I started to reset and then um, move with full intention, uh, take intentional steps um, and be intentional in all facets, all facets of life. um, Then for one, uh, my adaptation to um, curveballs, it's not as intense, it's not a not that big of a deal. Uh, for having to actually deal with, um, you know, how random life can actually be, uh, which is a nice tool to put into your shed. Uh, but also, um, uh, giving, giving away, uh, your need to have stability, um, and build your own support, uh, is probably the, the biggest piece, the biggest part to, uh, how reaction, how your reaction will be to transition. Uh, for me, um, given some of the things that I've encountered or just been, been through, um, I didn't realize how much of a, um, how much of a, separate subsection of life I've built that was completely centered around protecting myself. Um, that means not letting anyone in, uh, not allowing folks to um, go beyond a certain point with me, um, and also me not uh, be open and um, and communicate uh, to the best of my abilities out of um, a need to uh, protect uh, my own feelings and interests, um, but also uh, making sure that um, whatever hurt uh, there was, I didn't um, experience that ever again. I didn't realize that I shelled up that way, um, but um, I did. Um, and then uh, some of the you know healing processes that ended up going through, uh, the, uh, extent of it allowed me to see that, uh, you know, put a mirror up to myself and allow me to really dive into, uh, that, uh, blind spot that I had. Uh, but in doing so, it also showed me, um, a different way, a different avenue. Um, I had been doing something, uh, for really the extent of, uh, my lack of trust in others. um, It it coincided with each other. Uh, Me building a fortress for myself um, that was um, built around being financially stable for an individual in um, the Bay Area um, while someone's dealing with stuff that they can't speak out on to someone else, you know, Um, so that All of my moves um, of my subconscious allow me to, uh, you know, be very uh, strategic, but also uh, tame in the type of moves that i make so instead of it being uh, large jumps it'll be more of like some it could be baby step set points you know and i think that was something that was needed for a period of time uh, but now that i um, am further into the journey um i found that uh, there's no longer a need to um you know To have this like protective shell over the child uh, within, you know, I think that's something that we kind of can do um, is that uh, depending on wherever the point of your initial hurt is located um, is where you tend to stay um, as far as like in um, the the avatar that you build within yourself um, will be at that age, uh, you know, um, it's at the age of whatever point that hurt is. So then it doesn't have to just be one, uh, one avatar that's within you. Um, it could be, you know, at different stops if it, if the hurt happened in different moments, you know, um, and then you tend to build a shell around it, um, and protect it, um, by all means, uh, when in truth, it needs to have it needs to experience it needs to know the truth um it's similar to um when um, as parents you know how long you decide to uh let your child uh live um you know believing in like santa claus and the easter bunny and you know like it's these myth uh, mythological characters uh, that we create um, in order to shelter um those that we love from the world um we actually do that to ourselves the um the the version of us that was hurt we do that to ourselves and we store it away within so um that's something that I was able to dive into uh but I kind of went off base a little bit That's kind of what I end up doing in these things y'all as y'all know by now yeah, you heard enough of these if you are um, a regular listener uh, but uh, I was getting to as far as like the topic on a transition, um, getting to the bottom of that part um, allowed me to go out on limbs on uh, making um, larger decisions um, and just jumping um, without uh, worrying about, you know, um, if I'll have a place to fall to, you know, like if I'll have something that will catch me. Um, I realized that it wasn't about, um, the catch. Um, it was actually about the sky itself, uh, the freedom within being in the sky. Um, there's nothing like it. Uh, when you jump, um, you're not, you don't think about hitting the bottom, you know, that's not, you, you hope to, not even have to touch the bottom of course we eventually have to um it's a given but when you touch when you've experienced the jump and you're in the sky um it's it's gonna be hard to believe that when you touch the ground um once you realize that you survived that that you won't go back up and do it again like you won't want to experience that again you know um But think about if you never did the jump in the first place and you just stayed on the ground the entire time. You didn't challenge yourself whatsoever. You didn't even see if you could. Uh, You didn't get the rush, the exhilaration of um, the sky. uh, we were t- we, we were having a cool, cool, I had a great fucking conversation last, sorry for the cursing. I was trying to stay without cursing within this, but hey, here you go. At least it was long enough within, uh, long enough in the stream before that happened, so you can bypass that. And, but um, I was having a great conversation last night um, and stumbled a- across um, the journey uh, being this guy. Um, and... second of back in a moment because I I had to write that down because it it's like it you know you have great conversation uh you're you know you're when steel is sharpening steel um you are making something beautiful you're you know you're um what is it you know um I'm sorry I lost I lost my train of thought but um you're making something beautiful and you're not thinking about what the, the end product is going to look like, um, in the process of making it, you know, um, you're just enjoying every single swipe and every single, um, stroke and like every single, like, um, um, you know, yeah, you get, you get what I'm saying, but, um, yeah, it it that's really what um, has that's really something that was was great for me, I would say. Uh, so, yes, with uh, in and around transition, um, what ended up happening is that I found in the sky that opportunities were coming left and right when if that jump didn't happen and you stayed on the ground, um you would be held to believe that um all your opportunities will be located right here on the on the ground. Um and you would limit yourself to just ground activities. Um but in the sky man, the possibilities are endless and you got to pick up the litter on um what you know what they are you get to see the entire landscape you get to see everything as opposed to like on the ground you can only see right there that's in front of you um and behind you and whatever on the sides like all that stuff you can only see that which is right in front of basically where your nose is located as in the sky you see the entire landscape um and you can you know really get to see how beautiful it actually is so um yeah 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 i mean i'm going all off on that one i didn't want to go that deep into transition and stuff like that that was just something that happened this week and i had a great conversation about it last night but i did want to break down that whole sky deal uh because that was something that i stumbled across and um i want to tune into that a little i'm, I'm gonna break that down some more of course um but um that's just like the beginning stages of that just massaging that um, thought um Another thing that's interesting too uh would be the um, yeah centered around I am making sure this is still low it's still going but um something that's centered across sitting around uh, the the critical race theory um, debates right now because uh, it's in the it's further along than that of course uh, but I was doing a training and um how many people know about uh the disparate impact theory? Uh, Because, of course, I'm aware of it because of uh, fair housing rules um, in our industry, but how many people are aware of that? And that's been written. um, The policy and procedure has been written into the into law for, um, you know, almost a half a decade, I mean, half a um, century. And people within off off top know about that. So let me just break it down real quick. So the disparate impact uh, theory is when a policy, procedure, or practical or practice has an unintentional negative impact on members of a protected class. Um, further into it, uh, discrimination is about impact, not intent, um, which is important because they had to create uh they have to write in a policy for uh for something that just because it's not intentional uh doesn't mean that it didn't have a negative impact on someone that would otherwise not receive um the support uh, from those that would never that have never walked their their line of life um and even further um, it's also um, it's also called the adverse impact judicial uh, theory developed in the United States um, that allows challenges to employment or educational practices that are non-discriminatory on their face, but have a disproportionately negative effect on members of legally protected groups. Um, a legally protected group is actually race um, and it gets swept under the rug so much. I know it's because it's, it's you know, written into the fabric of America uh, that we can just sweep, you know, race out the just out of the question or whatever. But it's, I'm, I'm loving the movement on the critical race theory. I'm, lo- what I'm loving even more is how unapologetic and how brunt it has been uh, to just continuously talk about it. Um, even though, like, uh, I've also been paying attention to, you know, the things I would listen to, but um, how how dismissive um, and bothered um, um, white white men have been um, about this. Like, you can either joke about it, um, or you can just completely um, completely shove it to the side um, and say that it's too. It's too detailed, too confusing. I won't even try in the first place to understand. Um, and what I—the reason why I'm—I'm I'm putting the two together um, is because, oh, for people that don't know a critical race theory, I'll just give you a definition real quick. But. Is a framework of analysis and an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists who seek to examine the intersection of race and law in the United States and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. It's rewriting the book, basically. So you know those textbooks that have you know they talk about what has happened to you know black people throughout history and stuff like that. How sm- how much smaller uh, the negative. Impact on Black people. How much smaller that section has become inside of textbooks? It's covering all of that. Basically, it's relearning. It's uh, breaking down and re and relearning. Uh, first, you have to uh, you have to uneducate uh, people from the things that we've been taught um, in order to reeducate them on actual um, uh, the actual history of. Uh, those that are that do not receive a voice to be able to communicate what it is that has taken place on American soil so that's the gist of it but i i, bro- I broke down the disparate impact act i mean theory uh because it's already written it just covers race um, uh, uh, um, sex and um and uh, the, the background and all that stuff. So it just covers a bunch of different protected classes. But I want to make sure that race is still included in that. Um, so you still you have something to connect critical race theory, too, that's already written into law, which is something that happens in courtrooms all over the place all the time, is that all lawyers do is if something was in a case prior, all they do is revert to whatever case that was. And then they say this is exactly like this or it's similar to this. And then um, the the judge looks over it and they give it to you for the fact that it's already been um, settled in court before because it's like something that's taken place already. Uh, so that's more so what I'm saying is comp- putting the two together uh, so that critical race theory is its own thing. Uh, but some of these topics have to be massaged in with something that's already written in the law that's concrete um, so that it has a merit to stand on because it. it I just love that it's that technical, you know. Like I love the te- tech, the technicality of it, and it shouldn't be shunned because of how technical it is. We're dynamic. There's a reason why um, we are, r- why we run so much with the- with so little, um, and this is basically helping us educate ourselves and others um, beforehand, you know. Um, but yes. Um, Another thing is. uh, All right. So we got an email about the holidays uh, that are now going to be on the calendar or whatever. So uh, Juneteenth is one observed, of course, is in parentheses observed. But Juneteenth is one. Uh, And I was like. Juneteenth shouldn't be a holiday for everyone, though, like it should be. It should be specifically for black people, like black people don't go to work day, black people don't do a thing, but cookout day, like black people be black unapologetically in the streets all day, Juneteenth, everybody else work, y'all work for us that day, y'all pay for our PTO or um, whatever for us to lay out on the lawn. And eat get food and talk, talk big shit and slam dominoes. That's what y'all do. You know, y'all observe. That's that's what the parentheses observed is, is that y'all get to observe us while you in your office, while and in these streets. So that's just my little addition to um, Juneteenth being a holiday now, um, specifically for black people. OK, Uh John Gruden is, and all the rest of this stuff is going to be super random, so I can get out of here real quick. But uh, John Gruden is uh, suing NFL. I love the move. Um, I don't I don't approve of all that John Gruden was saying, of course, via email, but it was something that was uh, within the, it wasn't within the privacy because it was on the, uh, I think it was on the ESPN or one of those, it might have been ESPN or maybe the NFL. It was on the, it was an NFL um email address Uh, so that's not private whatsoever but or it's semi-private it's not fully private but there's privacy involved NFL would have to leak it in order for it to be public knowledge Um, so due to the fact that they're the ones that would have to leak it and then they basically tried to Corleone my man and punk him real quick Um, I love the fact that he's gonna go back at them go back at the shield and he's gonna win because he's white uh, so shout out to Chucky for that one, man. Do your thing. Um, we didn't want you gone. You know, As on, on the Raiders sideline, I would tell you that the Raiders didn't want Chucky gone. All right. Um, I get it. My man was out of pocket. But you, you heard Derek Carr. Derek Carr said, pray for the man. Pray for that man's heart, for the healing that he needs in order to not be the person that he was via those emails. But, you know, there's worse people out there. Uh, Chucky could have stuck. Could have stuck around. Uh, last thing, ABC is wilding. I don't know how. It's the last season of Blackish, y'all. If you've ever had a chance to watch Blackish, if you haven't yet, please tune in. But Blackish is one of the rarer shows um, that. We've had hit TV with uh, like for black folks, like positivity, of course, like a black family, a positive black family uh, raising their children and, you know, living, flourishing in this world uh, with their own problems, of course, because they're black. But um, flourishing, they're not like, you know, drugged out and, um, you know, absentee or, um, you know, not financially stable or any other other wild, toxic Mythal, myth, mythical shit that they can they can put together for black people that ain't the black that ain't the black experience or the story um, and there was powers involved that helped to help to that it helped equate that you know like it the, come on now let's be real with our stories going back to critical race theory um, but with black with blackish being canceled uh, they're being their last season hopefully they run up the numbers um, it was interesting though that um that uh, Anthony Anderson uh, was saying and he said it himself it was crazy that he said it but that blackish it it's a, it takes a lot of money to for that production to run and it's sick with it that that could be a reason behind canceling an amazing show that's been running for the last 8 years um that basically runs it runs itself as far as like viewership um, and relatability, you know, like they, they always work in something that's super important, um, to the culture, um, they're, they uh, they pay attention, uh, they're, you know, they give grace, uh, with everything that's said, they work through these problems, um, you know, so it's, it was great for children to have a show, um, that was covering that many bases, and then also like the, the sub, um, shows of it as well, you know, with mixed dish and, uh, Though dough for, you know, the, 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 the kids that are, uh, high school going to, um, college for that college experience. So, um, that was just a, that was just a sad moment for, I mean, they did a great run, so shout out to them for that. Uh, but it's crazy that, you know, that was a reasoning more than, more than likely the reasoning on it, um, is just like how much the show takes to run, as opposed to whatever viewership is now, um, from like, you know, all these different streaming services that you have. So it's, it's very similar to what the hell they did to, um, uh, to Lovecraft Country. Um, I don't know how they, um, how they justify, uh, doing something like that when we don't have many shows out there to begin with, but when it's great shows that run themselves, you just gotta, you just gotta put, you just gotta put the fuel on it you know you just have to pump the bread into it and it's gonna do what it does uh but once again just need more folks in those boardrooms that can make these decisions um that can't that doesn't put the ax on shit like this like i'm pretty sure i don't know what the i, don't, I really don't know what the hell uh white folks got on tv right now uh do they still got big bang theory uh modern family uh what the i don't know what they watching i know friends is off to, off the screen so shit. Uh, I think Seinfeld's gone. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what y'all be watching, yo. My bad. Um I've been tuned in to into into what y'all got that's like two and a half men. What, what 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 else what else what else is out there that had long that had long runs that just kept that just did just did its own thing, just kept on going. Um, but yes, uh shout out to the shout out Cat for blackish they're gonna be do, y'all gonna do amazing things, of course. Uh, can't stop you from you know, doing doing what you do, uh, but given how this was, y'all should understand a lot more about how intelligent and and what uh, Kenyon Barris is going to do the way crazy crazy things. So that he's he's not stopping, or the cast isn't stopping. But you should also understand why Insecure is in their last season, um, and why. Um, Issa is Is stopping it at five You don't want to Overstay your welcome Um You don't want other people To make those decisions for you Even though she damn near Owns HBO at this point Um you know those relationships they, they, they can always, you know, they can always do something that's a little foul that throws things off, and then now your amazing product is sullied a bit because of you know outside outside forces that you had no control over. So you don't want to get to that point. Yeah, that's no here or there. Um, yes, that's my um, that's my stream of consciousness. Hopefully, it'll connect it connected on something on there. Um, didn't mean to be so long-winded. Uh, but yes, love, love.
3: Good evening and good morning to my Meet the Brave family. Um, I'm recording this Sunday night, but you'll hear it Monday morning. <clears throat> before I really go into my stream of thought, I first want to say thank you to my co-host Brittany LG Monty um your guys' last episode was great and it also opened my eyes to how toxic all three of you are but as as my calls have said it um I've been in Africa for like the last week. Like I got back Saturday midday and I'm still trying to mentally wrap my head around everything that I've seen, everything I've felt, um, and just really, I guess, emotionally come to terms with everything. Cause for one, it's crazy that I got to travel halfway around the world doing something that I love in film never thought that a camera could take me to Africa and it did so that right there is like something for me that's huge and it's finally I don't know if the right thing to say like finding purpose but I know it's Helped me to feel like all the investing and struggling that I've done and like damn near believing in myself, thinking that I'm insane for going on the journey that I have helped me to realize that I'm not insane and I have some type of skill at what I do. Um, So that's one thing. The second thing that really has been on my mind and I'm still figuring out all my emotions is The actual trip to Africa. Um, People always tell me. When you get there. You'll feel it. Like you don't know what that feeling is. But. You'll feel it. And when I got off the plane. I did have that feeling of. Home. Like this is home. And this feeling of. I'm not a threat to anybody like people, you know, you get off the plane. And even when we got like driving to the hotel and we see nothing but billboards of nothing but black people, tons and tons of black bill. The craziest thing is, you know how you see a billboard and it's like advertising, like, let's just say. NBC News, and it'd be a whole bunch of white people on the uh, billboard, and then there'd be the one black dude that either covers sports or he covers part of the weather. On the billboard I saw in Ghana, there was all these black people, and then there was one white dude, and part of me wanted to be like, oh, I'm going to wake up just to see what does that one white dude on, on the news station do, but I didn't wake up, like, we worked really hard. Uh, shout out to Lige and Bird you know um, those are the people that I, you know two of the people that I went out there with and um, I really respect both of them for what they do and I'm so thankful to both of them for deciding me to choose me to take me on that journey out there as far as being in Ghana it's It's crazy to see so many of us, of our people, and, like, you get to see what they stripped from a lot of us as African-Americans as far as our culture, because it's still all there. It's, like, thriving there, and you see the people dancing and happy in this, uh, this unity, like this, like, you see it and they're accepting and it's all love and you can feel it and um, it's a great feeling and by the way, super random but Africans might be the best damn drivers I've ever seen in my whole entire life I've they drive completely different like they're constantly honking their horn, but not because they're angry. They're just honking the horn to let other drivers know, hey, on your left. Hey, on your right. Hey, It it is the most insane, insane, but beautiful shit you ever see. Like as they're driving, the only thing you're thinking is, oh, these motherfuckers are going to crash and they don't crash. They use every little bit of space that they have on that motherfucking road. But that's just completely off-tangent, but I had to make sure I said that and didn't forget. Um, We drove, like, two to three hours up north and two to three hours southeast. And once you get out, once we got out of the main city, um, there's all this country land and, like, beautiful water tons of farmland, huge mountains. We were on we were driving on the road and all these monkeys are they were monkeys but they were a type of monkey I don't know. Um they would they were running up to the side like to the side of the road to look at the cars and they were like sticking their hands out and they were like eating fruit. It was just amazing. It's like these motherfucking monkeys are just running wild, running around in the wild. Like it was so fascinating to me. Hmm. and then at the same time as we were driving we also like took these turns and um, we went to like I guess more of the downside that still needs work I don't even know if to call it the hood or the projects I don't know what I want to call it but There was little kids outside, and they're still, like, walking around in, like, the sewer water, because they don't have all the, like, uh, efficient sewers and everything, so they're just outside, like, walking in the shit, like, playing, it's like... One man, you could see the most beautiful thing, but then, like, you know, taking the wrong turn. And then you see that type of shit and you see buildings that are half half built. They're not finished yet, but people are still living in them. And that's when you realize, like, what the fuck? And I'm still working through mentally that. As far as. It's. It's interesting because. One of the days I got to. Like. Get collect footage at the Guba Awards. And that was like a really big event. And one of the ladies and they were. Like. Like. All of the people that won awards were all the women. They were uplifting women at this award show this year, which was really big. And one of the women that won, won the statement, she said, was that remember that most of these countries would not survive without Africa because they come here to steal all of our resources our gold, our oil, our spices. That's that's what they do. They come here and they steal those things so their country can survive. And when she said it, it stuck with me because it's like the people of Africa got to keep the culture. They got to know who they were. But within doing that, the outside countries what they did was find ways to stop their infrastructure from growing and they did whatever they could to stop that whereas with like a lot of the African American slaves they they stripped us of everything but even though they, it probably burns them up inside the fact that they made it so we're able to make money and figure out a way to make millions of dollars. But then the problem is we're still trying to figure out who we are amongst working and finding ways to become financially free. Or at least right now, that's how I'm thinking. The thought can change as um, I really sit in with my thoughts of everything I experienced. And... It has me thinking about the future. What do I do? What can I do to try to help to go back and help rebuild Africa? Because it's like my ancestors and a lot of other people's ancestors helped build America for free. So if we can build this country for free Then, why can't we find a way to go back to Africa and start working on an infrastructure where we build, really build up Africa? And I know that sounds pretty difficult, but. It doesn't really have to be if we think about time, not as linear in all these years, but if we just think about it as far as what all of us could do to help. And if there's many helping hands, how quick something can be built. But then again, like I said, I'm still developing many different thoughts in my head and still unpacking everything. We went to the castle in Elmina. I might have pronounced that wrong if I did, I apologize um and it's where one of the castles where they held a lot of the slaves for the transatlantic slave trade and the tour guy's given us the history on all of this and You know, first it was the Portuguese, and the Portuguese were shipping slaves. And then they lost war to the Dutch, and then the Dutch was transporting slaves. And then the British were transporting the slaves. And the whole time, they're doing horrible things to us. Like, I've never heard of something. I never, like, we hear about everything that happens to us. Once we get to America and then on the water But then even before they shipped us They were doing some of the maniac shit ever They had a rape balcony And on the rape balcony What they would do is It's a balcony that overlooked the sales of the women's Of where the women were being held And the fucking master would stand on the balcony And point to what slaves he would want to rape and then after he pointed to him, his troops would grab the ones that he wanted and would have them clean and wash them off and then have them go up these little passages ways to the side room where he would rape them. And then um, they were talking about, they had two different like cells in there. One cell was for if troops did something wrong. You know, soldiers did something wrong and that cell had like two windows and it had the bars on the doors and then they had the cell for when the slave did something wrong and it had no windows it had the door was completely sealed off and it had uh, a skeleton a skull with two bones over the door because they would leave those slaves in there until they starved to death and died So while all this crazy shit is going on with the slaves, there's a church right in the middle of the castle. And it just makes you think, like, all this evil is going on so near to the church. And then their excuse for doing that evil was the church, like in some sick way they felt like that's what they were doing was right I think at the moment that's all I'm gonna talk about that cause it's still walking through that whole entire castle and hearing everything that was happening and going on and I'm still unpacking that it's And, you know, uh, like, on my dad's side, my great-great-grandfather was a slave. And it's crazy because, like, that's where our history begins. We don't know nothing before that when it comes to my dad's side of the family. They just know about... Sidney Thomas Franklin, the first was a slave that he finally got to be free and he still worked on the plantation because he didn't know what the fuck to do. And when I first found out that it bothered me so much, but now after like going back and in a way, seeing his my ancestors, his grandparents or whoever taking that journey it it build it brings up so much like I don't know the right word because I don't want to say proud but more like the the strength that they that the people the, the 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 people that survived being in that castle to then being on a boat to then being enslaved and beaten and raped and demoralized and them still having the will to survive and fight For as many generations as it took for them to end up becoming free, to end up spawning great-great-grandchildren that then are lucky enough to be able to record a video, to do podcasts, to connect with people on music and so many other things when at one point in time they were in shackles and some sometimes they were took in front of the cell of their loved ones and beat just to be set example. Or if a woman didn't want to get raped, they were shackled in front of the cell of the other women and starved to death to set the example that they cannot say no. Like, think about how much mental strength you have to have to go through all that and decide not to give up I feel like I've been just kind of like talking your guys' ears off I usually never talk this much on the pod um So I think I'm just going to cut it right here. And thank you all for listening. Um, Hopefully throughout this next week, I'll be able to sit with everything I went through more. And I just have this weird feeling that Monty's going to have questions for me after listening to this. Um, But thank you all. Uh, See you all next week. And all right. Yes.